From deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Welcome to a special edition of Gator Tales, presented by UF Health. I'm your host, Adam Schick. It was another banner year in Gator athletics, capped by a championship frenzy in the final month of the season that saw national titles for women's tennis, men's outdoor track and field, and the first for baseball. In the first episode of our special summer series that continues with Jim McElwain in late July and wraps up with Steve Spurrier in early August, Today, we reflect back on the season that was and look forward to what's ahead with Athletic Director Scott Strickland. Now eight months into his tenure at Florida and with numerous projects in the pipeline, we sat down for a third podcast chat with Strickland and focused on both the accomplishments of this past year and the future endeavors for the program. We began our chat by discussing the three national crowns that put a fantastic bookend on his first season at UF. It uh, kind of illustrates what makes being at Florida really special. We've got this wonderful collection of of coaches that I inherited from Jeremy, and they're the best of the best. And in turn, they have recruited some really special student athletes and put together great staffs and support staffs. And everybody, you know, in the UAA kind of works together Mm -hmm. to put these young people in position to be successful. And, you know, it's, it's really cool. And, you you know, they kind of pile up like they have the last few weeks. And you have to remind yourself that winning one is really hard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, look at, you know, our softball program. Um, I think they were the best team in the country this year. But, you know, they ran into a really good Oklahoma team in Oklahoma City. And uh, we finished as runner-up. And it just illustrates how hard it is to actually finish the deal and, and win the championship. And so for uh, for women's tennis and for men's outdoor track and field and, and for baseball to, to be able to do that is really, really special. And, and it's in a year where – you know, I think we had, uh, you know, 10 teams finish in the top five wow. in their respective sport. Hmm. 13 in the top 10 is pretty heady company and territory, and it's what makes Florida so special. You had a lot of success at Mississippi State in your own right, but is it interesting for you to have the perspective of knowing, like you said, how hard it is to win even one national title and now 39 here at Florida? I mean, it's just people, I think, get numb to it because it's been such the norm in the last decade or so, but it's hard to win national titles for most schools. It is, and it's something that if you're a lifelong Florida Gator, you probably, I don't want to say you've been spoiled, but, you know, <laughs> we've been a lot of success, 39 national sure. championships. Um, we're the only school that in the last 50 years has won football, men's basketball, and baseball national titles. Um, those are three high-profile sports that mm-hmm. people pay attention to. We're the only school that's done it in the last 50 years, won all three of them. Uh, it is really hard, but uh, that's where you step back and you go, if you put the right pieces in place a place like florida we have a lot of advantages you mm-hmm. know we have a state population of 19 million people uh it's a place that people want to be it's great weather uh we have a one of the top public universities in the country we're striving to be a top 10 public university we're very close to doing that so it's a great education um we have a brand that gator brand is powerful we can you know recruit from coast to coast i mentioned that softball team there's a lot of kids from California sure. who play key roles in that softball team that travel all the way across country. They want to be a part of this place, uh, and, and other sports do the same. 
There's a lot of advantages. Those advantages in and of themselves does not equate to success. You still got to put all that together. You got to have great coaches. You got to have great support staff. You got to have a fan base that that gets behind and wants to to be a part of, of being successful. But if you do all those things, you get some wind at your back, and and you got a chance to to do some special things. You've had a chance to be all across campus over your short time here as AD, and that includes going to a lot of these big events. So being at these championships, especially these recent titles, can you just talk about those experiences and what stood out to you? It's really cool to see our, our athletes, our students, who you know they've put in a lot of time. In a lot of cases, there's you know there, there are people who have been in our program for three, four, five years get a chance to kind of reach that summit. You know, I was in Athens when Roland Thornquist women's tennis team won their seventh title in the program history. And uh, that was a veteran group. And, um, you know, to see them achieve that, that goal that was obviously really important to them was pretty, that's pretty cool. You know, Roland, this was his fourth and the outpouring of emotion that he had from winning this thing Probably not many areas in life, probably not many professions where you have a goal that's really tangible and you get a chance to go out. And if you're really lucky, you get a chance to achieve it. And, you know, that's that's a memory those young ladies will carry with them the rest of their life, just like our, our track and field athletes who went out to Oregon and won that will get a chance to carry that with them. They'll, they will be able to tell people that for the rest of their life, uh, not only were they, a Florida, were they a Florida Gator and compete in the SEC, but they were national champions. One of the events you had a chance to be at as well was softball, and you were there for the 17-inning oh, marathon. Yeah. What was that experience like? Because not many people have ever been to a game like that, especially at that level. Yeah, it was it was intense. It was uh, as good a competition as you will ever see. Uh, what a great, great effort by the Gators. You know, came back twice down to our last out and uh, tied last it up in the seventh. Twice. Yeah, yeah. Last, tied it up in the seventh and again, I think, in the 11th or 12th. And then in the in the 17th, for you know, they, Oklahoma hit the three run homer in the top of that inning, and and we start that inning by getting two the first two runners on. You're like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the way that sport has grown, in Oklahoma City obviously is it really supports it. There, you know, mm-hmm. huge crowds and the TV ratings for that event is really strong every year. It seems to be really strong when the Gators are in it for sure. You know, and Tim's done such a phenomenal job. Uh, it's the fifth time to play for the national title. He's obviously won it twice. Uh, been to the World Series uh, a bunch of times, won the SEC again this year. It's neat to see young people compete all year and then they go to their championship event and see it get supported the way it gets supported there. You know, just on a personal level, um, and it probably is what it is, I wish the facility was a little bit better. It's mm-hmm. big, um, but I just came back from Omaha, and, and, and that's a city that's really invested in a facility that's as good as any and is really taking that event to another level. Uh, would love to see something like that in Oklahoma City if possible, but that notwithstanding, it's still a great event, and it's an event that when you go and you compete in it, you come back really proud of your team. Speaking of facilities, baseball and softball both make the finals of the World Series. Baseball obviously wins it, so a lot of people are now asking, what's the status of the stadium upgrades? Because more and more people want to get out and see those teams play. So right. what can you tell us about those facilities and also the big football project as well? Well, we've been working, spending a lot of time on all three of those, uh, part of our $100 million uh, immediate plan, if you will, from a facility standpoint. Uh, we're working with the designers for football. We have a design team in place. Whenever the projects were announced uh, as being a goal, we had some general program scope, but we didn't have many details Mm -hmm. so then you go hire the architect and you kind of work through the details and that's where we're in the process of with football we are in the process of selecting the softball design team and then we hope to do the same with baseball here shortly i am like the fans 
uh, I came back from from both those World Series, and I'm like, we got to get these things going. Um, it's just these processes take time, and uh, we want to make sure we do them right. We want to make sure that they are uh, impactful, not just in the short term, but for the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where the football facility is concerned, I hope that there's, uh, you know, multiple generations of Gator football players that get a chance to go through that facility and make their experiences being a Gator even better and give them a better chance to be successful. And where baseball and softball renovations and, and upgrades are concerned, we want to make sure that that's something that impacts the fans and our athletes for a long time to come. Now, we don't want that to be a 10-year fix. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just throw up, you know, temporary f- changes. We want those to be something really impactful. And uh, both those programs are a little different. Baseball, softball, um, the experience you get going in there, I think there's a chance to really enhance that. To me, the facilities, you have an unbelievable opportunity to enhance the fan experience through facilities. And uh, we're going to be creative. We're going to have some fun. We want to make it a place that people want to come to the game, but the facility's got to be a part of the draw. Mm-hmm. You saw that with the Exact Tech Arena at the O'Connell Center this past year. The team was great, and everybody wanted to come and support Mike White's team. But the facility in and of itself was a draw. And I think we're going to see that as volleyball goes in there for the, their first season mm-hmm. this fall competition, and I think they're going to have the same impact. And obviously it helped gymnastics and and when Cam gets women's basketball going, you're going to see the same thing. So we're going to do that. We're going to make sure it's first class. Um, we're in the process of continuing to raise money. We've had a lot of positive responses. We've had a couple of big gifts come in that we've not announced yet, but uh, we hope to pretty soon. And, and it's not just big gifts. Uh, you know, the Game Changer initiative that Gator Boosters has put out there um, gives everybody a chance to, to contribute on some level. we got to make sure that everybody understands that, that we need everyone pulling the rope in the same direction if we're mm-hmm. going to continue to make the, the experience of being a Florida Gator what we all want it to be. In terms of the, the fan experience and the design process you talk about, specifically with baseball and softball, what would you say are the number one priorities for your team in building those? What, what are the things you say, okay, this is number one on our list. This has to be something we focus on. Well, we always start with student athletes. We want to make sure that we give them the very best to help them be successful. So locker room, team spaces, training room, all that kind of stuff meeting space but then from a fan experience standpoint you know you look for fan comfort uh, you want to you want to remove obstacles of why people would not come to an event right so fan comfort make sure everybody has outside. a comfortable seat <laughs> well a comfortable seat you know maybe right. maybe you put chair backs all in uh yes yeah, shade mm-hmm. so people aren't going to be baking out in the sun i think you you know those sports especially uh more so than say basketball are social events mm-hmm. and i think the the structure has to encourage and promote interaction and moving around. And, you know, to that end, I'd love to find a way as much as we could to create some circulation that allows people to move around. Maybe even, you know, you go to Omaha, you can walk 360 degrees around the ballpark like you can a lot of major league parks and maintain a view of the field the entire time so you don't lose the action. Right. And right now, if you go to either, you know, softball is a little bit better because you can kind of stand up on that concourse and you can get some views. But if you're standing at the concession stand, you lose sight of the field. At baseball, for sure, if you go back to the concession stand, you lose sight of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and our people do a good job with screens and, and piping play-by-play over the PA, but it's still not the same as having that direct connection. So those are some things. And then creating some, some destination spaces that have a cool vibe that I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all. I think we got to figure out something that works for the Gators and works for our fan base for what that might be. So I don't have any preconceived notion, but something with drink rails or you know just destination spaces that have – a vibe to it. We got a chance to be creative and have some fun with it. 
are timetables a dangerous thing to, to touch on with these projects, or what would you give people as far as expectations? Um, expectations, we're moving as quickly as we can, but I'll go back to what I said earlier. We've got to make sure we do them right, mm-hmm. and so there's there's uh, you don't want to sacrifice quality for haste, and so uh, we're moving as quickly as we possibly can. These are priorities of the utmost importance and can't wait to get them done, but we want to make sure that we're we're taking the time to do it the right way. You mentioned women's basketball just a couple moments ago, and as we talk about some of the championship programs and programs that are winning at a high level, women's basketball is one of the few that hasn't quite gotten to that point. There's good and there's bad that comes with sitting in your chair, and one of them is making some difficult decisions, and you did this year when you made a change at the top of that program. So can you talk about your vision for that program and and where it can go and why Cam Neubauer was the right fit to make that happen? Well, you know, I think we have the same expectation for that program as we would for all these others. We mentioned we had 13 of our 21 sports finished in the top 10 in the country. You know, we, we expect all 21 sports to achieve at a high level. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get everybody on the same page at the same time where they can all do that. Right. But we want to make sure that we're giving ourselves a shot. And, you know, by and large, all of our sports, there's no reason we shouldn't have every sport in postseason play every year, NCAA postseason play every year. And uh, we didn't do that this year. So that's... That's a goal. Women's basketball is one that didn't achieve that. And I think before you can put yourself in a position to win championships, you've got to be consistently good. You know, we talk about baseball at the celebration back here at McKeithen Stadium. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin O'Sullivan was telling the story that when Jeremy hired him, Jeremy said, if you're the head coach here, will the Gators be in NCAA regionals every year? And so he said yes, and Jeremy hired him. Well, the goal wasn't necessarily starting off win a national championship next year. It took Mm -hmm. them 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. But the goal is you got to put yourself in a position where you're in postseason play every year and build consistency. If you do that long enough, you're going to have some opportunities like Sully's right. and all these other coaches have had. we got to create that in women's basketball. So you ask what the expectation. The expectation is we got to put ourselves in position where we're in NCAA postseason play every year and then build off of that. And uh, Cam's a guy that's got a tremendous amount of energy. He's very detail-oriented. He's very relationship-oriented. I think in the sport of women's basketball, those are very important qualities to have. The recruiting piece in all of our sports is obviously important, but in that one specifically, I think it's important. And then the other pieces, I think uh, he's shown from his his time being head coach at Belmont and the success he had there, taking them to back-to-back NCAA tournaments. He's going to instill discipline. Uh, The uh, culture of the program is going to be a really important piece to him, and and I think you look at any successful program, the culture, it starts with what kind of culture you have. So I'm excited. I saw a, a tweet from, from one of his assistant coaches after the baseball game the other night that said, I had a quote from, from Cam. He said, uh, I've been here three months and, and Florida's won three national championships, <laughs> hashtag expectations or something like that. So I think he's fully aware of the opportunity, the potential, and I think that program has great potential, and I'm really excited to see where he's going to take it. And the other thing is he's going to get people excited for that sport. And uh, if you're on campus this summer or this fall and you run into Cam – and you don't want to be invited to a women's basketball game, stay away from him. Because don't make eye contact. Yeah, because if he sees you, he's going to invite you to come to a women's basketball game, and he's going to follow up. And his uh, his personality is such as when you meet him, you're going to want to come do that and mm-hmm. support the guy because he, he's got an infectious personality. It's one of the questions that I get all the time, and I think a lot of people close to, to the program do. Why has Florida been successful in so many areas, but women's basketball is not one of them? And you took a, a program at Mississippi State that had no tradition, and they played for national championship this past year with Vic Schaefer, who you brought in. So what have you been able to identify about women's basketball and how to make an unsuccessful program achieve high levels? You know, that's, that's a great question. Candidly, you got to get lucky and find the right person at the right time. 
ironically, I've been at a couple places, and I didn't necessarily make the decision, but I was there when, when they hired someone who was transformative. I was at Baylor when they brought Kim Mulkey in, mm-hmm. and that was a program that had no tradition before she got there. I was at Kentucky when they brought first Mickey DeMoss and then Matthew Mitchell, and, and same thing, not a lot of tradition, and, right. and they kind of changed the trajectory. And then Vic at Mississippi State. The only thing I can say is the one thread that seems to be in that sport is you need a coach that has a personality that really drives it. And all those coaches I just mentioned, uh, Vic included, have kind of a a larger-than-life personality that drives the recruiting piece, that drives the fan engagement, Mm -hmm. fan support piece, and really kind of sets the tone of the culture that we referenced. And I see a lot of that in Cam, that he's a guy that stands out and he has that personality. And um, I think that's why he was a good recruiter on successful programs at at Georgia and Louisville, and it's why he did a great job and and made Belmont the beast of that conference, the OVC, that they were in. And like I said, I've got a lot of high expectations that he's going to be able to to get us where we want to go in women's basketball here in Florida. There's been a lot of focus on what's been happening on the field, and for good reason with all these national championships recently. But there's been a lot of news lately as well about Florida's performance in the classroom as a program and some of the academic achievements. So can you touch on those and, and what stands out? Well, we're blessed to be able to attract the very best student athlete. You know, mm-hmm. the academic piece is just as important. Uh, 83% graduation success rate uh, that the NCAA reports, which is a, a really strong number. We have seven athletes named academic All-American teams. You know, just a lot of success. We had several ath- uh, athletes who were named Scholar Athlete of the Year, the best scholar athlete in the SEC. A young lady like Alex McMurtry, who was named not only the SEC gymnast, of the year she was also the sec gymnastics scholar athlete of the year uh so there's there's just a lot of great examples across the board of athletes being successful on a high level across the board canyon berry you know who's the best not only was the best six man in college basketball this past year he wasn't just an academic all-american they actually named one to be the academic all-american of the year and canyon won that award this year Hmm. for all men's basketball and then you know not only in the classroom but but just what they do in the community i think we had over almost 4,000 hours of community service that Gator athletes performed here in Gainesville and and around the state. And, you know, they're they're really phenomenal young people that come in here and put on that uniform and compete at the highest level. And then they do so many other things uh, to impact uh, this university and people across this state. And people at the Hawkins Center do a great job supporting them, their academic goals. And uh, our coaches, i got to give them a lot of credit because they – Uh, They understand that, you know, they are here because we want to win and be successful athletically, but they also make the academic piece priority, and it it all starts with them and their direction. The UAA recently announced its largest budget ever for this upcoming year, and that includes some key pieces that I know relate directly to the fan experience you've talked about. So can you tell us about what fans will expect to see as a result of this record budget? Well, most of the increase goes toward, you know, things that are student-athlete driven mm-hmm. you know um, increased support for them whether it's nutritionally or academically in other areas but <clears throat> we had some unexpected revenue from some sponsorship sales and some ticket sales this year that we want to go ahead and, and turn back around and, and make sure the fan experience can be improved a little bit and really these are this is low-hanging fruit this mm-hmm. is nothing earth-shattering but we're going to put some ribbon boards in the swamp this year they'll be installed in august right before the season on the north and south end zone fascia and uh, replace some fixed signage that was there with something that is just a digital board. It will go the whole length of, of that fascia and allow us to create a little more energy visually in the stadium and, and then some more information from the out-of-town scores or in-game stats or, or whatever else it may be. And then the court projection that 
our marketing team put together, our innovation committee mm-hmm. supported before the Kentucky game. You know, we rented some equipment, did this really cool court projection before that game that uh, created a lot of buzz for those who were at the game and also on social media. Uh, we've used some of these uh, this unexpected revenue from sponsorships to go ahead and install that permanently. So we'll be able to use it not only for all basketball games at the Exact Tech Arena, but also for gymnastics and volleyball and just make it fun, make it, you know, mm-hmm. try to do some stuff that uh, continues to, to give people a reason to come to the game and, and have another fun thing to look forward to. So the end of this season brings a lot of change, as it always does, specifically with your executive staff, two longtime members of it, Dr. Keith Carradine and Chip Howard, are exiting the program. Can you talk about what they've done in the short time you've been here working with them and the people who are coming in to take over those roles? Well, we're losing two good ones in uh, in Chip and Keith. And, and Keith, I, I knew by reputation before I got here, but I, I, you know, I haven't worked with him. He's an impressive guy, and you can tell that his fingerprints are all over this, that academic success we talked about for our student-athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's led that group for a long time, and uh, he will be missed, as will Chip. I, I actually knew Chip personally before I came, and uh, I've got to know him, obviously, a lot better since I've been here. And just what a great part of this department he's been, an integral part of this department. You know, Jeremy tells a story that when they were looking for a baseball coach 10 years ago, you know, Chip is the main sport administrator for baseball. He walked in, had a file, and, uh, you know, he said, hey, here's a guy named Kevin O'Sullivan. He's an assistant at Clemson. I think we ought to go look at him really really hard. And Chip's been, kind of been, uh, you know, a big support for Sully in building this program and mm-hmm. so happy his last memory here as a Gator is going to be holding up that trophy at, at TD Ameritrade in Omaha yeah. for a guy that for the last 25 years put his heart and soul into this entire place. But uh, baseball has been a big priority for him. That's pretty cool. But, you know, we're fortunate that, that we're able to attract really good people here. And uh, we've got two guys I'm really excited about joining us to replace Chip and Keith. One is uh, is a former Gator, Jeff Guin, is coming from Texas A&M where he's led their student-athlete academic efforts the last couple of years. He's coming, returning home, and, and he's going to be heading up to Hawkins Center at Ferrier Hall. He starts in mid-July and uh, was a former basketball manager, coach for a little bit, then got it on the mm. academic side. I think he brings a great perspective, understanding the demands of both, and uh, he's a good leader, which is very important there. And then um, to replace Chip, we've hired a guy named Laird Veach. Uh, Laird comes to us from Kansas State. He was the interim athletic director there. He played football there for Bill Snyder and is just uh, is one of the rising stars in the world of college athletics administration and feel really blessed and fortunate that the timing was just perfect for he and his family to, to come join us here in Gainesville. And he, is, uh, he, he has a lot of history on the development side. He used to work in sponsorships. He really understands that piece. But one of the draws here is he's going to do a lot of the operations and facility pieces for us. But we're still going to be able to tap into his expertise in other areas. And he's just a good guy. Uh, Jeremy did such a good job through the years of of hiring quality people. And um, that's one of the things I'm excited about both Jeff and Laird is is we were replacing quality people with quality people. You hear all the time – People talk about when ADs inherit people, especially coaches. When when a coach isn't doing well, they'll say, oh, well, that's not that AD's guy. You sort of threw something on that when you gave these extensions and raises to both Jim McElwain and Mike White, neither of whom you hired personally. So right. what does it mean to you to be able to show that public support and, and maybe do away with this idea that somehow an AD has to hire a coach to be supportive of that coach? Yeah, you know. It doesn't take long when I got here to, to realize there were a really good, talented collection of head coaches in place, many of which I knew by reputation. Some I knew personally, but most of which I knew by reputation was really excited to get a chance to work with. And, um, you know, the last thing you want to do as an AD, 
candidly, is go hire a coach. You know, mm-hmm. you'd much rather have stability in your program. And I would just rather spend my efforts supporting the coaches we have here as opposed to, to making changes just for change's sake. Right. Obviously, you get in a situation where you don't feel like, you know, the goals of the program are being met. You might have to make a change. But across the board, and those two guys in sp- uh, specifically, um, I thought it was important that everyone understood that, you know, our programs are in good shape there. We're blessed to have both Coach Mack and Mike here and as part of our program. Uh, I hope they're both here for a long, long time. You know, I, I joke with both of them. I want to be the AD at Florida f- for several, several years. I hope you'll, I hope they'll have me around for a long, long time, <laughs> and I hope I never hire a football or men's basketball coach. Right. I think that would be really cool. Um, and I think both those guys have a chance to continue to build on the early success they've had. And, uh, you know, they're kind of the model of what you look for. You know, Coach Mack does such a good job with the student-athlete. Mm-hmm. He's obviously on the field. Uh, basically, he's won 10 wins each of his first two years, back-to-back East Division titles. And Coach White, obviously, great job piecing that thing together and getting us on the Elite Eight run last year. And I think both of them have a setup for future success. So I thought it was really important that we reward them. You know, these raises and the extensions kind of put them where they need to be from a market standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the optics publicly that let everybody know that there's stability here in, in Gainesville, I think, is important. In May, the UAA launched the We Chomp initiative on social media. Can you talk about where that germinated from and, and why that's important? You know, I got to give credit to Alicia Longworth and, and Mike Hill and everybody in our, our marketing staff and uh, communication staff for kind of coming up with that. You know, we just talked. How can we use social media to uh, kind of create some connectivity among Gator Nation? Mm-hmm. And we know that Gator Nation is huge and strong and, and we're everywhere. But social media gives you this really unique way of kind of uh, reminding people of that. So the We Chomp initiative is just, you know, hey, let's let's let people have fun, especially in the summer months when people are traveling. Encourage them to wear their, their orange and blue when they're out and about mm-hmm. representing the Gators. Uh, and then send in pictures when they're, you know, of them chomping. That's something so unique to Florida, the chomp. Sure. Show us where you're chomping and, and send it out on social media, and we'll retweet it, and we'll have some fun with it. We'll see who can send pics from the most interesting places uh, <laughs> on earth and reminding people that the Gator Nation is, in fact, everywhere. And so if you use the hashtag WeChomp, you send it to Florida Gators, you can geotag it. We'll have a map that shows where kind of everyone is doing this from. Send it to, to at Florida Gators. Send it to me at Scott Strickland, uh, any of our coaches. And uh, we're going to have some fun and just let remind everybody that uh, Gator Nation is everywhere. What are the most unique ones that you've seen so far that, that you can remember? Uh, somebody did it from the pyramid. You know what? I was just thinking that would probably be the coolest thing you could do is chomp the pyramid. Yeah. I'm you glad know, you said that. Uh, <laughs> it's one of our former players. and The name's escaping me right now, and I feel bad about that. But um, – you know, I've seen some from Grand Canyon. I haven't seen one from the Eiffel Tower yet, but That'd I'm sure cool. somebody's yeah. going to Paris this summer and can do that. But I think it's neat. It shows a lot of pride. And uh, there's one thing I've, I've noted in my eight months here is that uh, Gators are not short on pride for their university, and this is just another way they can show that. Wrapping things up, this is the end of your first season here as AD, and it's not a full season. It's just eight months, as you noted. But what do you think you've learned in your short time here so far, maybe a perception you had at the beginning that has changed after being here for a season? I don't know that I had a perception, but it's obvious that uh, it, while football is very important, we're not just a football school. And our fans understand and value 
all the other 20 sports. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the great turnout for our celebration for the baseball team the other night. You go to a softball or gymnastics or volleyball or soccer, you got big crowds in the stands. People under, are following those sports. Uh, when our tennis team and our track team won their national championships, I got texts and calls from people mm-hmm. uh, who are you know alums and, and Gator Booster members, and, and people keep up with all the sports. Um, we finished third in the Director's Cup this year. I guarantee you – We'll have fans who are paying attention to that and keeping up with that at a level that I don't know that they do at every other school. I think that's really, really special, and uh, we got to make sure and continue to uh, encourage that kind of connectivity or or, or awareness with our fans. Uh, the other thing is just people really love this place, you know. And I've, I had a chance to tour around and go meet with alumni groups and, mm-hmm. and Gator clubs, and um, there is a there is a real spirit of the Gators out there that people have such a special affinity for for all things University of Florida and it makes you realize how how fortunate you are to be at a place like this and uh, we wake up every day how can we continue to build off the unbelievable legacy that of success that that we have here the last time we spoke your family had not yet moved here full time now that all of the Stricklands are in Gainesville how has that changed life for you here and, and how are they adjusting well I'm eating better <laughs> uh, number one, because I eat at home with my family every night, and I'm not out uh, eating out. But uh, you know, it's it's been awesome just on a personal level to have mm-hmm. Ann and the girls here, and they've really taken to the place, and uh, it, it's been awesome. You know, we're we're settled, and girls start school this fall here in Gainesville, and Ann is getting out and meeting people, and you know, I cannot tell you how unbelievably hospitable and welcoming everyone has been, and. Uh, the Stricklands have, have been welcomed with open arms and kind of validates the decision that we had to kind of move away from family and come here and, and be a part of the Gator Nation. We can't let you go without a Scott Strickland pop culture hot take. Huh. The, the first time we spoke, you were all on the Hamilton soundtrack, and then we spoke right after the Oscars. We had a La La Land debate. What is catching your eye or your attention these days outside the realm of sports? You know what? I have uh, I've been so preoccupied with the, all these great spring sports and all <laughs> too these, many championships. Yeah, to too go many to. championships. I've I've been from Oklahoma City to Gainesville to uh, Omaha and all points in between. I have a stack of books, and I actually don't read real books. I read on my iPad. Mm-hmm. But I've downloaded all these books that I'm planning on reading sometime this summer. I don't know if I'll get to very many of them. So that's I'm kind of looking forward to that, but I really I do a really bad job of keeping up with. Uh, I have the last few months of keeping up with the the pop culture world. Um, I'm I'm having now I'm at that point in life where I'm having to ask my daughters who certain people are in pop culture. <laughs> so I've kind of I've kind of crossed the old man line, I guess. But um, uh, looking forward to uh, getting away for a little bit in July and and uh, kind of catching up on some on some reading materials and getting re-energized and recharged and ready to get back at it. Not even a movie you've seen recently. Nothing no, that, that I've, stands out I, to you. I've I've not. I've I'm, I've been really. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> this time of year in this in this line of work. It is really hard to kind of stick your head up and look around a little bit. So, but I, I tell you what, I promise you, before we sit back down here, hopefully in the fall, I'll have something much more interesting to to talk about. Yo, is two next time. Okay, so this is going to okay. We're going to need two good well, hot takes. That, next that's time. fair. That's fair. <laughs> I. Uh, well, about you? Any good movies lately? Oh gosh. You got a recommendation for Wonder me? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I've heard that's really Great good. Great summer movie. I've heard that's good. It's got a little bit of everything. It's not just like Transformers where there's stuff being thrown at you. There's actually a story there, so I'd recommend Wonder Woman. And then I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say ahead of time, 
Dunkirk is going to be fantastic. I'm going to go see Dunkirk and IMAX. I saw the trailer for yeah. Dunkirk the other day. Yeah, I do want to see that. That's my. I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in that Christopher basket. Because that's Christopher Nolan, correct? Christopher Nolan, yes. Who you, this is a different kind of movie for him. Yes, it's his first war. I've noticed you consider that the Batman movies are kind of war films. Of yeah, their own, but well, yeah. I, and I love the Batman mm-hmm. trilogy that he did, especially the second one, with Dark Knight. The, yeah. yeah. I, so yes, when is that coming out? July twenty first. Look at you, man. I've been counting down the days. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So well, we'll talk about that when we meet next time. But for now, thank you so much, and congratulations on a fantastic finish to the year. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam.